and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the album Scholars by an experimental duo called Buke and Gaze, which starts out with a song called Stumbler. This first track is, I think, an interesting approach to the beginning of the album because it is kind of not the most inviting. It's it's a kind of aggressive, really repetitive, but it's also a way of, I think, introducing the kind of shtick behind the band. And and I'm if I if that sounds dismissive, I mean, they named their band after their instruments. And so that's kind of the sales pitch here. Buke is bass ukulele or baritone ukulele and gaze is a guitar bass hybrid. And one of the members of they both make their own instruments. One of the members of this band actually does this for a living. And he got his start making instruments for the blue man group that both look cool and did interesting things. And so he's, very into both programming software to do the electronics part of it and then actually making the physical instruments. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, that was the sales pitch certainly from like hearing article or hearing podcasts talking about this band and, you know, reading articles and that one of the most in-depth articles was on Ars Technica kind of technology website. And so I came in being a little bit worried that the music would be, a, a sort of an afterthought to hey check this out we made all these cool instruments and as i said i think this first track is a, a little bit of a threat because it is very strange piling on of sounds and yet i think there's it starts with this repetitive kind of chant but by the end it starts to feel less like an experiment and more like music mm-hmm. and i think that, that is setting the tone for the album in my mind and carries on pretty quickly as this as the album evolves into its second track which is the title track scholars
So I admit I'm much more of a pop pedestrian than you. Like I like my songs to have a familiar structure, which these do not. And in fact, a lot of them are are uh, recorded improvisationally. And one of the articles that I read about this band is that with their one of their made like homemade electronics rigs it has a random sample generator so they'll be playing and they'll just hit it and it'll throw out some repeated sample that they didn't expect and then they just kind of play along with it to try and you know use it as an inspiration and then a lot of this was recorded with elements of those improvisations then stitched together yeah i it's really impressive to me that Again, the name of the band, Buchan Gaze, and it's all about those stringed instruments. And yet this song is all about the other strengths that they have. These crazy percussion sounds that are super synthetic, yet have that sort of sense of spontaneity to them. And her crazy voice. So they're both named Aaron. Mm-hmm. It's Aaron Dyer is the Buke player, who is and also vocalist. the singer and vocalist. And then Aaron Sanchez is the ba- Gaze player mm-hmm. and also i think they're both doing just a variety of other synth and uh percussion sounds um but her voice she's able to do this very kind of high spooky thing and also this kind of lower and kind of scarier they're but neither is particularly inviting in this mm-hmm. song they're both pretty threatening i think that low voice has got some sort of processing on it and then when she's singing high there's some layering going on with multi two or three tracks sort of layering on each other so it's really fun to listen to. I think this is getting more towards traditional song structure where I feel like, oh, these are kind of verses. Oh, they're three lines long, which always feels kind of off. And then later there's some kind of crazy syncopation that kicks in with the vocals kind of falling out of sync with the instrumentals. But yet it's we're getting closer to a pop song mm-hmm. here. And I think what I, what I like about this album is I feel like with these early tracks that are very experimental, they're setting up your expectation. They're like, oh, it's going to be weird. It's going to be hard to listen to mm-hmm. right down the line. And this song is carrying that forward. And yet I think starting right going to the third track, to me, it starts to feel really poppy, if only by comparison to these first two tracks. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's how it feels to me on this next track, which is uh, one of the lead singles and the video from this album. It's called Derby.
So I think this track for me is where doing this show, we have to listen to the albums a bunch of times. And sometimes I, an album I don't initially like, I end up really falling for. And it's a little bit of, I think of it being kind of a Stockholm syndrome where I locked in the room with the album and forced to kind of <laughs> accept its terms. And this track, as I said, like for me, after those first two so- songs, which are so kind of odd and off kilter, this song, which is still pretty odd and off kilter, feels like a pop song to me. Mm. Her singing sensibility is so, it, it gets some warmth. What was previously kind of frightening, I think she flips it to be more inviting. And I think the all of these sounds that are still very strange and unpredictable are somehow now into a groove where that beat is just really catchy and her voice is really pretty and it feels like a pop song even as you're getting these weird repetitive lyrics with different accents where she's emphasizing different words as she just says the same things over and over again and these still kind of fondness for three line structures where pop music really wants even numbers and three being an even number no, I think pop music likes odd numbers. Oh, okay, and okay. here they'll be like it. three line verses, but it still feels like verse, <laughs> verse, chorus. It, it, uh, it feels more like a pop song structurally after those first two songs. So mm-hmm. I, I love that kind of setting the expectations for things are going to get crazy. Here it gets a little less crazy and it feels like I'm listening to Top 40 Radio. Uh, well, I, I don't know about that, but it definitely seems more like a song. And the, <laughs> the horn synths, using the horns as the beat, I think that's a really interesting... You're looking... I, I assume those are horns. Well, yeah. I, I, this, they're clearly trying to sound like horns, and they yeah. sound just so... Again, I, I, warmth to me. Everything before this was kind of cold, and here it's just warm and inviting, and it's like a pulsing heart. Yeah, I think that's a good description. I think I, I think it's also still unsettling. All of these songs strike me as unsettling, and I'm not quite sure why, but I think it's the minor key and the off-kilter percussion. Like, often the percussion just isn't quite right or doesn't quite match up with the other instruments. And the jangliness, there's like a shaggy dogness of it that I think is maybe comes from the homemade electronics, that there's like noise and squelch in it. Yeah. And there's a lot that just kind of, it, it throws me off. Like it's not a soothing record to listen to. I'll give you that. I think it's even when I'm getting into it, even when the, the Stockholm syndrome is way kicked in, it's still like, I'm not, I'm never quite comfortable here, but to me, to me, it becomes increasingly just pleasurable, even as it's unsettling. And I feel like where it's just a number of songs that almost feel like I would describe as bangers on mm-hmm. this song, on this album. Including and I think the next this one. one this one and this next one, which is called Pink Boots. Thank you. 
this is definitely what I think the closest to a pop song that happens on this record. It's, you know, it's got that good beat. It almost sounds like a, um, like a, like an 80s kind of synth pop. Kind of. Yeah. Except it, like I, a Kate Bush song. Yeah. But I, what I appreciate about this band is that they, it is so hard to pigeonhole. Like, yeah, because, yeah. Because it's, you know, DIY in to the extreme of building their own instruments. There's just it so much of it doesn't sound like anything that came before. And that's why it's so refreshing and was so unexpected to me that not only the, that they take the different instrumental sounds and they are liberated by that to do just bizarre song structures. And then here throws something at us that I think structurally is it's a verse. There's a chorus, there's a bridge and then a chorus. And we heard kind of the end of that bridge and it's super weird and yet catchy as all hell and that yes all hell not just catchy as hell but uh no it's i'm blown away the that they the sales pitch was hey we have weird instruments and then they're able to carry it so much further than that and uh, it's like you can almost dance to it well yeah it's i think mostly improvisational experimental structures like a any of the bands that I would characterize as post-rock like Tortoise and those I just can't listen to them because it's too it doesn't hold my attention but here there's enough interest and enough melody to it that it makes it a lot it, it's just really unusual yeah I, I I really appreciate that yeah that they're they are they have confidence in their own work that like this is challenging enough we can be as weird as we want to be or as completely accessible as we want to be and trust that it will work because they have been at this for, I think the better part of a decade. I think this, they had some other releases many years ago, but if you look at their discography, it's like, Oh, a couple of like EPs or something from six, eight years ago. And then a whole lot of nothing. And I guess this has just been sitting on the shelf while they've been kind of well, they have a couple working of on proper it. albums, but yeah, but yeah, but it's, <clears throat> excuse me but that they really took the time on this and let it marinate and thankfully that that they did that without ending up sounding too overwrought mm-hmm. like it sounds d- done just right they pulled it out of the oven at the right time talking about the right time wrong time the next track is wrong side Wrong, wrong side 
case you were getting too comfortable with those relatively poppy songs, this one is just a a bit of a fever dream where this just off kilter energy just right from the beginning and then it just escalates and escalates and yet never goes anywhere and it just keeps being wrong side wrong side oh maybe the wrong side is the right side no it's the wrong side and it's just very disorienting and i find the almost industrial percussion very almost oppressive because it's so regular and it's so kind of noisy and just boom 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 yeah it's yeah exactly it's like you're She's struggling within some sort of externally imposed structure and the lyrics certainly go into just like dealing with the indignities of life and trying to find like what is the, what is what I believe in. And well, that's a, an interpretation. Like, well, I, I, I just, feel like most of these lyrics are very stream of consciousness and yeah. don't it's hard to find meaning from them. Although this one, I think maybe is one that has a little bit more. Yeah. And I think it's 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 odd for that. I think it's a, it's sort of unusual. And I think it's a nice contrast where I think some of the more straightforward lyrics on top of one of the more just like aggressively weird structurally where this oppressiveness ramps up and up until the last minute and a half, the song just turns into this completely different almost operatic where she switches from her pop voice back to her very high ethereal voice even though the song doesn't get any more sort of pleasant it's still deeply weird deeply disorienting and um i think this is roughly yeah this is like the midpoint of the album and so Mm -hmm. uh is it a pivot i'm not sure but it does seem like someone who's struggling against external what's imposed but you know, maybe reaching within and, you know, that's the, the artists have to do that to produce an album. Yeah. And I think the uh, more direct, I, I don't, I think that's reading a lot into the lyrics. <laughs> I like to I read a lot into it. The next song is more readable uh, lyrics wise, and it's called Grace. Take back talk about lyrics when i mentioned earlier that i think this had the most direct lyrics you know some of the lines are you keep hold holding out from my hand like you're the puppet on an empty stage 
and then you know too much grip cuts circulation and i'm numb from from your needing and it clearly comes across as like an over uh, someone in a relationship with someone who's needy and overbearing yeah and and the I think has been established many, many times. You hear lyrics much more uh, efficiently than I do, I guess. And this song, I think I was distracted by, I know, you, I think you said that you thought Pink Boots was the poppiest track on the album. Mm. To me, this is the poppiest mm -hmm. track on the album. It has such a kind of, the beat is really inviting. I really love the synth work in the choruses. And mm. there are choruses. Like it mm. has a very, yeah. very pop structure. Like verse, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. And Wait, how does it go? But that that was my yeah. this is my favorite track on the record. Oh god, I think it's, it's so really catchy. And I just like the funkiness of the groove. Yeah. And it's very directly her, you know, like as like that declaration of independence, like of just saying, like, yeah, you Get out, get out of here you're needy and I'm done with you <laughs> and her her vocal acrobatics are interesting in a way that's not distracting like it actually adds to the song rather than coming across as showing off or just you know I'm gonna make my voice very crazy to make it interesting yeah it, they have so much gift and I think you know I can appreciate the weird stuff but when they're able to just get into the groove and crank out something that's as just perfectly poppy as this. It is so satisfying and knowing that they have those ambitions, but are still like, you know what, let's just have something that's got a beat you can dance to and that you want to hear on top 40 radio. I don't know why you keep coming back to this idea of top 40. Also, I, I don't wish, know if top 40 I, is a thing anymore. It isn't a thing anymore. And I'm showing my age, but anyway, Gen X, but no, but like this is, I feel like this, this album, it's like, it's, it's like it taught me how to listen to it with those first few tracks mm -hmm. that were just sort of aggressively odd. Mm -hmm. And then it taught me like, no, no, this could be the future of music. Like mm -hmm. this is what pop music should be. This is what all music should be. And maybe I have Stockholm syndrome a little, but it's just, it's really grown on me in ways I didn't expect. And th this, you know, right in, again in the middle of the track of, of the album where we had that aggressively weird song, Wrong Side, and then this aggressively poppy song. And they both work in their own way. And I, I'm, all, I'm on for the ride. The and next track we'll play is also pretty poppy. It's called Block. Seems like as we're going into the tail end of the album, I think does the perfect job of, I think, combining the really experimental 
side of things where we hear some somewhat unpleasant kind of screeching sounds and rhythms that are not even but kind of start stop and a little off kilter with still very poppy songwriting with you know the really catchy um the structurally it's a pop song and it's got the really catchy lyric of what i want to play in muddy water and find myself dirty again mm. such a simple Do you think message this is a song about twitter I really hope not. But then again, that little chirpy, chirpy, chirpy sound effect is so kind of cutesy. And I think it drives home that, yeah, this band, they have a sense of humor. Like there's and, a, there's a real like, self-awareness. It's like the tweet of a mechanical bird too. Yeah. I, I, I didn't jump to that. Although I guess, yes, yeah, social media is a place where you want to play in the mur- muddy, muddy water, water and find yourself dirty again yeah wh- how unexpected no I, I didn't go there i think it's more universal but just try to be funny but it is really yeah but i i like that it is a it is a funny song it's both catchy and unsettling and it's i think a sign of where this band like what they're capable of and it's just, just literally i'd never heard of them before i bank about a week ago when our friends at NPR clued me into their existence and now they're a band I'm genuinely excited about after listening to the album for a while. Yeah, they're they're really interesting. I'm excited that they're trying such experimental ideas, but in a way that works and makes me want to listen to it. And I think this record, you definitely have to pay attention to it and put on headphones and listen to it several times to really kind of get into it and appreciate it. And I think there definitely is a hurdle to get over especially in these days of streaming music where if something doesn't get part of the reason we wanted to do the podcast was because I was getting into the habit of if something didn't grab me right away I would just move on to the next thing and you kind of have to force yourself to sit down with it and I think maybe some people might not get over that hurdle they would listen to it a few times and think it was too weird and then move on yeah but I mean I think there's a few tracks on this album that you know, on their own, like, oh, this is fun, but if a little strange, but I think it's so much more rewarding to really let the album teach you how to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And if you do, I, I, it's really pretty fantastic. And I'm glad we listened to it a bunch of enough times for that to happen. So we're going to go out with the penultimate track, which is called No Land. And we've been discussing discussing the album Scholars by Buke and Gaze. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.